I must say, this is certainly what one would consider quite a, a frigid rift, I think one could, could describe it as. Indeed, indeed. It's quite the hole that you might find in the tundra. In, indeed, yes. A, 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 a frozen outlet, one could say. Uh, 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 a, a crisp fissure. Oh, yes, yes. A, 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 a bitter perforation indeed. Yes, certainly. Oh, yes, this is quite a cool crevice. Mm, yes, yes. Well, you know, I think uh, Arnold best described it as a, as a, uh, a bleak aperture. Uh, I, I, I personally prefer the uh, the description glacial orifice. Indeed, indeed. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, what have they actually called this piece? Um, I believe its actual title is uh, Cold Open. No. Oh. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies have a catch-up about our weeks and talk about what we've experienced and do some skits and voices and try and have a bit of a giggle. That's us. Are you playing that scary pull-something-out-the-ear video again? <laughs> um, I was trying to find the questions for later. That's that's a better thing. We, <laughs> we, we stumbled upon some not-pleasant internet material just before recording. Mm, what uh, they found in this person's ear will terrify you. So, how has your week been, Jane? Ah, uh, it's been alright. Pretty chill. We had some nice sitting down time. Yeah. Uh, Saturday was a bit peopley, generally. Yeah. We, 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 we hung out with, with, with a friend. Yes. And, yeah. And then, and then Sunday we did lying down playing video games. Yes. I'm pretty sure we got to, like, four or five in the afternoon and suddenly went, Oops, where'd the day go? Yeah, it went really quickly. It did. Time flies. Yeah, so shall we go on to our first segment of what we've been playing this week? Let us do exactly that thing. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, or do you want me to kick, kick us off? Oh, go on, kick us. Kick us. Okay, okay, so the main thing I've been playing this week is I've been playing a lot of Spider-Man on the PS4. The Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. Uh, I've completed it before. I've never played any of the DLC. and I enjoyed it so much. I was just like... I'm not just going to jump into the DLC, I'm going to replay this game from the start and do mm. the DLC as it comes up, and that, on my second playthrough, I'm still finding the just moment-to-moment -moment traversal around that world fun enough that I'm much more engaged in, like, 100% clearing all of the stuff in the open world than I am the story. Mm. Uh, at some point recently, I opened up Fast Travel. I've not used Ooh. it once. Why because... would you? Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, any other game, I would be like, oh, I'm gonna, of course I'm gonna fast travel. This is one rare game where I'm like, it's just too fun to swing around. Like, mm -hmm. if, if I fast travel, I'm depriving myself of fun. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, it, it looks about as much fun to get around as, as Saint Row 4. Yes, uh, fun coincidence, I did just get a move in Spider-Man, which is basically, you know in Saints Row 4 you can sort of like crouch down to the ground and then like launch up? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I basically just got that move. Wow. It's it's very... You got Glide yet, and then you're pretty much sorted. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to Saints Row 4, but like, I think... It does all the things that Saints Row 4 did a lot better. It's... Well, I think the, the swinging helps as well. Yeah, the swinging do help. Um, yeah, for anyone who's not played it, I, I've probably talked about it on here before, I can't remember. Um, 
It is a sort of beat em up game with a very fluid combat system. It's basically you've got one button to do hit things. Oh. Hold that down to hit them up in the air, because some enemies have to be hit up in the air. You can put webs on people, or you can dodge out the way of attacks when your spidey sense glows up. Ooh. And that's basically it. And it's, it's an awful lot of fun to string that and web swinging together a bunch of different ways. Nice. So I've been having a lot of fun. That game continues to be like... One of the most moment-to-moment enjoyable games I've played in a while. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, I I decided to start going through some of my Steam games that I've bought but never played. Yeah, I think we I all think have we... a couple of those. Yeah. And we'd like... I think I've got somewhere in the region of, like, 716 games on my Steam yeah. account. Yeah. So, uh, it was time to go through some of those. So, I played some Rogue Legacy. Oh, Yeah. Uh, I like it in theory. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I played a fair amount of it when it first came out and was like, I like this concept. And then Dead Cells came out and I was like, oh, this is Rogue Legacy if it was fun to play moment to moment. combat was better. Yeah, if it had better combat, okay, yeah. Because... With obviously with Rogue Legacy, really all you've got is your basic attack and a, a special move. Yeah, um, um, and I just didn't find the 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 controls felt a bit floaty at yeah. times. And the gimmick to that game isn't as engaging as you would hope it would be, no. as interesting an idea as it is. Yeah, and and I, I suppose it is potentially problematic with the way they treat the traits. Yes. So for anyone who's not played, basically every time your character dies, you pick their one of their offspring to carry on adventuring for you. That would be the legacy part. Uh-huh. And they can have... Lots of traits. They can have lots of traits, so they might swear a lot when they get hit, um, which just comes up as little sort of exclamation points. Um, and they, you might have somebody who has dwarfism, so they are much, much smaller, uh, which means that they won't get hit by things sort of thrown at sort of head height for your for a normal-sized character, or for an, for an average-sized character, rather. Apologies. Um, and then you have people with gigantism, and they can be like... Uh, like a third as big again as as your character mm. uh, as a standard size character, and um, they might be. Uh, I, I think a knave is one of the the classes, mm. so they they might find that they don't have the um, they don't they don't have as good stats, but they do critical hits. Uh, or you have magicians who don't have particularly good health, but they do have really good magic. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's lots of different varieties, but. It, coming playing this after playing Dead Cells, it just, just doesn't. F- it, it doesn't feel as good to play. No, the the combat feels the the controls feel sloppy and yeah. the combat's uninteresting and you know just <laughs> the Dead Cells is so fluid. Yeah, it's it's very hard for anything to quite live up to Dead Cells. It's a very good example of that genre. Yeah, but... I, I I I'm and I put a lot of time yeah. into Dead Cells. It's also worth noting for Rogue Legacy that some of the ways that it presents certain conditions are very broad strokes, exaggerated, honed in examples. Like, yes, I think like color blindness is in there, and it just shows everything in grayscale. Yeah, like the swearing a lot one isn't is that labeled as Tourette's or something similar? I don't think it is. It may have been at some point. I I think at some point it was labeled as Tourette's, and it's the implication being that that's all that Tourette's is. Is ah, you swear uncontrollably. I think it's now something like coprolalia. Okay, it, it, that would be yeah. What word vomit? I I I suppose that'd be. 
but something verbal yeah. diarrhea, perhaps. Yeah, it's um, it's not. Here's the thing: it was an exciting game when it came out, when roguelikes were not such a thing. It was very new and novel, mm-hmm. but I don't think it stood up well to the things that came after it. Yeah, and it's hard of hard as balls, but feels like. You're fighting the controls more than you're fighting most of the enemies. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are people who are really good at it, but I am not one of those people. I, I would never pick playing Rogue Legacy over Dead Cells. No, because I, I, I basically played that for, I think maybe, I, I'm pretty sure I tried it for a couple of hours and then I just gave up and went back yeah. to Dead Cells. That's fair. So yeah, I played some more Dead Cells. Oh. Um, with the, uh, the the new patch, is that it's recently been patched. And it's so all it's, been rebalanced. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm finding it less fun to play. Um, because now there are like set levels for all of the okay. all of the stages. So th- apparently there used to be scaling issues yeah. where the monsters would sort of scale with you, and that could sometimes lead to weird difficulty issues. But now it's just like if you're going here, it's going to be hard as balls. Oh, that's kind of a shame. I liked that it was semi-randomized every time. I I found that aspect that. I found that aspect the hardest one, because there are levels that I've done before without really much problem. Yeah. And suddenly it was like, oh, fuck this shit. That was kind of the fun, was the, you didn't know what was going to happen, and occasionally it's like, well, this time I just, it just won't go happen. Mm. Well, that that was me playing on my own, but I've also, I did a bit of streaming last week. Yes. And I tried the streaming intrication. And that... That sounds fascinating. I didn't know any of this was in the game. I, I don't know how long that's been in there, but it's the first time I've played it on Steam, so it was like... Mm. I, I put it up for the fans, I said, hey, what do you want me to play this week? And it, it was a, a fair majority said Dead Cells over... Uh, what was the other option? Oh, Dust, um, Dust and Lysian Tale. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, I'd love to go back, because it's really pretty. Yeah, I, I would happily go back to that as well. Maybe we should play through it together. <gasps> Ooh. So what else have you played? Um, actually, do we want to touch on what that streaming mode did? Because I thought that was really interesting before okay, we Okay, so the, the streaming mode, basically, you attach it to your Twitch, and it will pop things into chat for you. So it'll say, hey, if you want to be the person that helps out on this round, just mm. put... Uh, put pick me and it will randomly pick someone from the pick me list mm. and they will get to decide when you get to use your health potions for example they'll spam you with messages uh, they can spam you with messages <laughs> my my people were very good they <laughs> kept it clean and 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 they they were they were good and i even got some awesome spider facts yeah from my resident spider fact of uh, official yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. But there's other things you can do, like between levels, you can mutate the next levels or the following levels. Mm. So you could add. Um. Do you remember those mushroom things? Yeah. They do a little zap and then yeah. it spikes the floor. Yeah. They can put them in like wherever, so they might <laughs> appear on a random level entirely. Nice. Um. They could make it so there's a poison fog, so you're constantly getting poison. <laughs> they can make it dark, so some of the enemies are invisible. Mm. It's, it's, it's much harder. Yeah. It sounds um, it. But yeah, I, I, I still had, had fun with that. Yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, right, so things that I have played. What you do? I've started playing some of uh, No More Heroes, Travis Strikes Again. Ooh. Now, I can tell you why that name is so confusing to me, because there is Travis Strikes Again, I think, is the game name, and then there is a sub-game within it called Travis Strikes Back. Oh. That's had me very confused. Oh, heckins. Uh yeah, so I played this at a preview event a while ago. Um, it's not a mainline No More Heroes game, it's more of a top-down 
sort of beat em up adventure thing, and it's fun. It's really quite fun, like, top-down fighter mechanics. I think what's been a bit of a shame is that there's been very little variety in the game as it's gone on. Yeah. Um, so one thing that was talked about a lot before the game came out was you were going to go to lots of different game worlds, and they were all going to be different genres of game, and mm-hmm. the implication of that was that they would play slightly differently. Right. Um, all we'd really seen in preview footage was this level called Electric Thunder Tiger, which was one of the seven games, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, this is a really fun top-down beat-em-up. I wonder what the, uh, let me think of a good example, what the murder mystery level is like. And you get to these other worlds and it basically just switches the camera perspective and puts in some different assets and pretends it's a new genre of game. And you go and continue to beat stuff up in a sort of top-down perspective. Okay. Um, it, yeah, you will occasionally get mini-games that will, like, hint at the genre of what these games are meant to be, but the the more I play it, the more it's like, oh, here's a very different genre of game. Okay, it plays exactly the same. Um, is that good? Um, it's, part of it is just setting my expectations right. Like, yeah. with with the first two No More Heroes games, they were games that like I started playing and I didn't want to play anything else. Just binge, 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 binge. And I that, that was how I wanted to play them. This one I very quickly realised, like, this is going to be a jump in for half an hour when I fancy top-down brawler and then jump out. Jump in and out. Don't try and, like, blitz my way through it. Mm. Which I suppose makes <sighs> sense because they do seem to... They do that a lot with Switch where you get games that really feel like they're designed for handheld. Yeah, like, <clears> this <throat> this one in particular, I'm like, this does not feel like a console game and it just... I think I'm going to start disliking it if I try and play too much of it at once. Yeah. Um, like the writing is quite is quite fun. It's it's very much no more heroes writing, but the lack of voice acting at all like really lets it down. Um, mm. may, maybe that's a space issue or whatnot, but yeah, not having any of like the 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 cutscenes for when bosses come in to sort of like give their whole spiel like that used to be the reward of the. No More Heroes games was you got to the boss and you got to see their big flashy thing and they sort of voice acted at you and they had all this personality and now it's sort of fourth wall breaky text boxes with sort of speech. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to say it's bad. Uh, I think it might be quite fun. There is a co-op mode on it and I think it could be quite fun to play a bit of in Mm co-op. But it's just in single player it just isn't I'm playing it more out of obligation of wanting to see where the story ends up because apparently it ties like quite heavily into what King uh, not Kingdom Hearts, No More Heroes three is going to become. So I'm like, well, okay, I'll I'll get through it and find out the plot so that I can play the next main one when it happens. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What else have you played? I have played one other thing. <gasps> so have you got like a bun? I have one other thing. Okay, well then, and the other thing I played was Headlander. Oh, I saw you playing this one. Yeah, it's a sort of Metroidvania. Um, you know, gain your powers, work out where you can get further yeah. within this facility. Basically, as far as I can tell, the problem is I was playing it with the sound off and wasn't really paying attention to the <laughs> subtitles very well, so I missed a lot of the plot. My apologies. This is fine. I was watching you play Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> so, basically, you wake up as a head. 
Yes. Just a head in a in a uh, like a astronaut helmet. Yeah. And that's you it. Got... You have no lungs, so you can't talk. You have and a little bit of a rocket booster, so you, you have can a fly rocket around. Booster that you can fly around with. And this person's voice just sort of goes, "Hey, you need to get, do this. You got to get out of here." Um, so you just leave the ship on like a, an escape pod, and that's like your tutorial area. <laughs> so get off of this soon-to-explode ship. And then you go somewhere else and you explore there and as you basically you have this mechanic of vacuuming off the head of ro- heads of robots and yeah. everybody in this game is a robot. <laughs> so if you find a red door you can't get through, find a red or better uh, robot and you will be able to get through there. You know what it kind of reminded me of watching it? Similar to that sort of Mario Odyssey style of yeah. like... Oh, you have a, a a thing in this platformy world that you can't get past. Find the enemy that has the powers that would get you through it and take over, uh, take yeah, control you, of them. You, t- you are Cappy rather than Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's a pretty good. Uh, it's a similar yeah. feel of concept. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I don't know how far through I am. Yeah, um, I must have played for about five or six hours. You looked like you were getting end gamey. Uh, I, I have literally no idea. I don't know. I've got a weird old robot body that doesn't look like any of the fancy robot bodies I've seen <laughs> so far. I've just beaten somebody at some kind of chess. <laughs> and that whole sequence with the chess was a really interesting concept because you could like find a knight and then pull the knight's head off. And if it was a black knight, it can't shoot white. It can't shoot other black. There's no friendly fire. Yeah. So, but um, also it would shoot like it would shoot in an L shape, like like a knight would move. Yeah, it... and the bishops would fire like in like a split wave diagonally in front of you. That that fight was the main bit of that game that I paid attention to, and I was like, "This is a really neat little game." Yeah, and there was a cool little boss fight where I had to fight the queen at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, that whole section of the game was like a really interesting sort of quite pacey puzzle, but like. I was I was dying in there less than I had in in lots of other places in that game because sometimes the laser fire gets a bit chaotic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, a bit much. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying it so far, and I'm looking forward to getting to play more. Lovely. Yeah. What else did you play? I've got one last thing that I've played, and I've not Ooh. put a huge amount of time into it yet. But I have started playing Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. And. Uh, I will preface this, and this is a watched first that is important. Mm-hmm. I've played a lot of the Kingdom Hearts. I I often feel like I have no idea what's going on in this series because it got so big and convoluted. Oh. So it's that video that we were watching. I went, I did finish it by um, a YouTuber called uh, Barry Kramer, I believe his surname is. Mm-hmm. Barry, who used to be on the Game Crumps YouTube channel, um, did a 40-minute-ish video that was basically... Someone who understood Kingdom Hearts very well spent seven hours explaining it to him, and he distilled that to 40 minutes of, this should make sense. And I watched it, and there were a lot of things that suddenly clicked in my head, and I went, oh, that's what that's on about. Um, So when Kingdom Hearts 3 boots up, they do a big fancy cinematic that is basically a a recap of all of the events of Kingdom Hearts. I was watching it going... I know what most of what is going on here is, Ooh. at least in theory. I, I in theory, know what's going on. So I that had been my big worry was, oh my goodness, am I just going to be overwhelmed and not have kept track of everything? Mm. But I've started playing it. It is it is very much a Kingdom Hearts game. You, 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 
you have a, a key that's a sword, you have Donald and Goofy helping you out, doing magic and stuff, you beat a bunch of things up in Disney Worlds to go to the next Disney Worlds where nothing really is of any plot consequence, and then just occasionally it'll be like, aha, the plot arrived! Back to more Disney! Um, it is ludicrous how good this game looks, and how fun it feels to play. Uh-huh. Like, if there's one thing this game has clearly got right is impeccable art design, really smart use of uh, redesigning the characters per world they visit, that's really fun, and it just feels really fun to beat stuff up with a big key, so... I'm not the thing with the key. I'm not far enough in by a long shot to know whether its story will be satisfying for people, but I'll have a lot of fun going around Disney World and beating the crap out of stuff. I think that's everything I've played. Um, I have remembered one other thing <gasps> that we played together. What did we play <laughs> together? We played some Zelda 2 Adventure of Link. Oh yeah, we started on that. Because it's the one Zelda game that both of us were a bit like, ah, on. And it's it's on the... Switch now. So. Yeah, it's on the uh, that NES membership app thing. I didn't have to do anything to get started playing. Yeah, it. so we 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 had a bit of a a ropey start. We weren't entirely sure what was going on or what to do. Yeah, but I mean, there is a manual in it, so maybe we should have actually checked yeah, that. But and that's the thing; those games are designed to be played with manual in hand, and no one does that anymore. Yeah. Um. And I previously attempted to play on the GameCube. Yeah. Because I got the anniversary thing with like Ocarina and mm. first one, second one, Ocarina and Majora's Mask and Master Quest. Yeah, I think it is. Um. Yeah, and it's and a twenty-minute demo for Wind Waker. <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, it's initially a bit weird to work out. Like, I was trying to, like, bend down and pick things up by, like, sitting on them and yeah, but pressing you have attack. To, like, be but... a bit away from them and stab them? Yeah, it has to be a sword hit. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, it's punishing as hell. Yeah, but, like, I think both of us got on better with it this time than we might have done in the past. Yeah. I, I think it helped that we weren't afraid to look at walkthroughs to just... Because there were certain things that felt wrong to us about how we played it. Like, Near the start, to go to the first dungeon, you just have to go through this dark... Like, they tell you, oh, there's a candle, you need a candle to go through dark caves. Except to get to the first dungeon, you have to go through a dark cave without a candle. Yep. So, like, there's things like that that... What was it you said? You were like, oh, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to brute, brute force my way... No. Yeah. There's things where the game's design suggests that you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Even if you're doing the right thing. Mm. But we, we played for a little while. We we beat the first uh, the first temple. Yep. So we, we we beat a boss, we found a bonus heart container somewhere, we yeah. like, we've levelled up a few times. We, we certainly have levelled up a few times, and that levelling up mechanic's a bit strange too. Yeah, yeah, where it looks like it's forcing you to pick one one specific upgrade, but apparently you can choose whichever you want. Yeah, apparently you can cancel out and it'll start working towards the next one up. It's, who knows? I don't really understand it. No. It seems like an odd choice. Yeah. But, um, but, music's good. Yeah, I think we're probably gonna like come back to this and just yeah. whoever's not controlling it will pull up a walkthrough and go, okay, here's where to go, here's what to, yeah. here's how to do this thing. We know we've been forewarned not to pick up lives before. Yeah, to to, to save all the extra lives for when you go to the final dungeon and. Yeah, yeah, we, we we're working it out. We're getting there. Okay, working it out. Uh, those those dark nuts like. For two people who love fighting dark nuts, that was not a fun dark nut to fight. No, we did say that at the time. Like, 
So compared to all of the other Dark Knights that we fought, like, from any later game, they they get more fun. It's just a lot of spam the sword until up, you... Up, down, up, down, up, Yeah, down. until you luck into the right height. Um, yeah. It's also... The, the weird thing about that experience system is it makes enemies that don't drop any XP at all feel really pointless. Yeah. So those, that first dungeon is full of those red ones that charge at you. Yeah, sort of like yeah, possum-headed creatures. Yeah, but they, they're worth... like Even even like the fucking choo-choo jelly slimes, they're worth two experience at least. Yeah. Just, just make it one experience. Give me something for having beaten them. Oh, and there was that thing where all of my XP randomly vanished. Yeah. Because I walked between two rooms. Yeah, I love the Zelda series, but this one has been tough to love. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we will see it through to the end, I reckon. Or, well, I'm not going to push it that far, but we'll okay. certainly play more. We'll often. certainly play more. We're not going to stop at the end of Dungeon 1. No. Uh, is that everything we've played, Danny, at this time? <gasps> well then, Ooh. time for this. Do you find yourself in need of a holiday? Mm-hmm. Do you struggle with what to do when you're not working? I surely do. Have you tried working holiday? Ooh. It's just like a holiday, except you still kind of do work. This is great. I've taken loads of time off. I'm using my holiday allowance, but I'm just working from home, checking those emails off. Exactly. It's all the fun of still working, with the much-needed requirement of you getting a little extra sleep in the morning that that's all you really wanted the holiday for. I'm wearing my slippers while checking the Jefferson account. Fantastic. So, if you feel an incessant need to work to feel validated, but also could really do with, like, getting up at 11 and having a, a sausage sandwich before you start your shift, try working holiday. Yay. Oh, 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 had a terrible commute coming in this morning. Yeah, how was that then? Oh, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to drive down the road, you know, as I normally do. You take her right. right up the, up the high street. Right, right. And I was stuck in a big old traffic jam. It was an absolute nightmare. Oh, that's not fun at all. These superhero types again, you know. Oh. They, they were off trying to, I don't know, stop a bank being stolen or something, but. They ended up dropping the bank slightly into the road, and like one of the lanes of traffic was was gotten rid of. So they had bloody Exactly, they had to put up like those weird traffic lights, so you can only go like one lane at a time back and forth. Really slowed down my commute in this morning. They're so bloody inconsiderate. I mean, you know they say they're saving the world, but you know if that bank had just gone missing, I'm sure the insurance would have covered it. Exactly, like you know the other day. I was trying to get a train to work, and my train got delayed considerably because apparently one of these superheroes had decided to stop a train that had gone a little too fast and was a little out of control and decided to use their powers to stop the train. But that meant there was a, a train stopped on the tracks, which meant my train couldn't go. They'd have just left it, you know, careening onwards very quickly. Exactly, would have got to the end of the line. I'm sure a few thousand people would have died, but the point is... It would have been out of the way, and it wouldn't have been clogging up the line, stopping my train from going forward. Exactly. I know, these superheroes are so self-involved. So self-involved. Oh, goodness. I hope they do something about that big Mecha Godzilla though, because we actually quite need them to fight the big Mecha Godzilla. So, <gasps> what 
have you placed into your eye receptacles? Uh, well, we watched a thing together. Uh, we finished watching Black Lightning season two. We did. Oh shit! Oh, that show do cliffhangers. That we did not realise that was the end of season two, and we were like, "Wait, wait, there's no more episodes." No, oh my god, no! That Why don't we cope. That show continues to be just incredibly well put together. Yeah. Um. A lot of the late season drama that was going on with that one particular character who came back to the good people's house was like, ah, oh, I, I, I am invested in this particular story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still interested to see how the characters are sort of growing within their powers and stuff and and the, the wider world expanding out. Yeah. The, this show has kept up a really good pace of like world building and development. Mm. We did have a giggle because for the first time in two seasons, they explained to us how our power worked. <laughs> we're like, ah! Yeah, because usually it's been like pretty much like, oh, well, we're just going to use this power in the next fight. And you'll be like, and when did this happen? Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, uh, Black Lightning now has electric vision. Oh, that's What's... okay. That's, that's yeah, the thing, sure, I'm sure. Whatever. And this one was very much like a, hey, we're going to talk through a power now. For the first time it, in, in two It seasons. felt odd because, like, every other show does it, but it felt weird because this show never does. Yeah. I mean, it made sense narratively in that moment. Yeah. Um, I, that, yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, I really hope this show gets renewed for a third season yeah. because, seriously, go if you like superhero stuff... Even if you're not big on DC. Yeah, like, I generally don't get on well with DC. Same. And this was really good. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a mighty fine show. Mm-hmm. It's, I would, I would say it was better than some of the Marvel Netflix shows. Uh, easily better than Iron Fist. Probably better than, than some parts of, um, fucking Daredevil. Mm. It, it's been a real surprise hit, this one. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I sort of randomly stumbled on it one weekend while you weren't here. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? I have watched a whole bunch of, well, as we mentioned earlier, Kingdom Hearts summaries. <laughs> You've um, watched more than one, have you? Yeah, we watched two, didn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. did. And we watched the, that Polygon one. <laughs> we watched the Polygon one. Yes. Um, <laughs> we watched... Which, which is more comedy video than, than Kingdom Hearts Explainer, but it did teach me some things. It took, well, it took, you, there was a whole aha moment for you when you were like, oh, it does this! Yeah, yeah. Him putting, laying everything out in, like, a physical graph and connecting it with string surprisingly helped. Yeah, the other one we watched was um, the uh, Barry Kramer. Yes, this is the one Kramer. I mentioned before. Yep. Um, Barry there Kramer. Was, there was another one as well. Oh, did a we good, watch a good one? enough summary of Kingdom Hearts? I'm sure there was another one I watched as well. There might have been another one, but that uh, that so many. Uh, 35 minute one by Barry Barry Kramer was the the one that made me feel somewhat prepared for Kingdom that, Hearts three. Yeah, that was definitely your eureka moment, wasn't it? Yeah, like I've been trying to work out is there a quicker, easier way to explain that plot, and the best I can come up with was. Back in the past, there were three people who were really good at wielding the Keyblade. Um, they all kind of got scattered to the wind, but they'll be back for Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 1 has trio of three friends who grow up on an island. They try and fight evil. One of them goes bad and angsty for a while. Turns out to be good. During the events of that first game, one person temporarily doesn't have a body, and that splits off and creates another person, and that person ends up becoming back part of the original person later on, so don't worry about it too much. 
there's this group of 13 people who Big Bad has got together because he wants to, like, he needs 13 people to do his evil thing, and he gets stopped. He then tries again, he gets stopped. He makes 13 clones of himself to try and do it, he gets stopped. Kingdom Hearts 3, um, here we go. Sora still needs to work to get his Keyblade powers. You gotta go see a bunch of other Disney worlds. That dude is still trying to get 13 people to do his evil thing. Mickey may or may not have a shirt. Yeah, Mickey may or may not have a shirt. Um, and, um, and thanks to Arachnovolt in my Discord for, for mentioning that video, because that was quite insightful. Yeah, so that that's the the quickest summary I can do of that plot. It's ludicrous and nonsense. Yeah, and apparently Jim's done a summary as well. Yeah, uh, he has ish. <laughs> I, well, I saw well, Justin was saying on Twitter that that is edited that whole video together, so <laughs> that exists as well. So we may well, get a forty odd minute uh, Jim Sterling I, breakdown. I would of. like to see that. But here's the thing: no matter how nonsense that plot is, I do kind of love it. I, I, it's terrible, and I love it. Like, well, it's especially not... when all of the videos we've seen have basically said the Disney worlds are kind of meaningless. Oh no, they are entirely, and I'm glad about that because that means that ninety percent of Kingdom Hearts, like, even if it turns out I've misunderstood all of Kingdom Hearts, like actual lore, yeah, I can still enjoy the ninety percent of the game, which is go to Disney worlds and beat stuff up. Oh, it's a Tron land. It's 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 a Pirates of the Caribbean world. It's mm. a Monsters Inc. world. Mm. Oh, I'm in Frozen Town. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The the fact that you need a 40-minute video for someone who has played most of the games to understand what's happening is like... To be fair, at this point, you probably played them sort of quite far apart. Yeah. It's like, I I played them all, then watched a 40-minute video, and still was like, I maybe get it. I think I maybe possibly get it. (laughs) There's a lot of people with silly names and spiky hair in this game. Yes, yes. Hmm. What else have you watched? Well, in the other the sort of comedy videos things, I've watched a whole bunch of Puffin Forest videos. Oh, that's the animated person what does D&D videos. Yeah, they're sort of simply animated D&D stories, and some of them are, are rather strange. Yeah. Um, including the, the Pokemon D&D one. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have, yeah. Um, the one we wa- what was the one we watched really recently? I'm trying to remember. But um, for anyone who's not seen the channel, it's more sort of animatic than animations. Yeah. It's a lot of simple, still images, but very nicely drawn ones, which he uses to just do long, rambling D&D stories that are really amusing. Yes. I'm very much a big fan. I can't find it. Okay. Anything Puffin Forest is like is worth watching. Like, yeah. That channel's just generally quite, quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a YouTube series that I've been quite enjoying for a while, and I I went back and binged, and I really enjoy. Um, so this is by the Game Grumps YouTube channel, and it is a series called Ten Minute Power Hour, mm-hmm. and it's basically it's the only sort of in front of the camera video series they do, and once a week they'll do a ten minute long video where it's usually some kind of craft based project, all a little bit silly. It might be make your own bath bombs or who can make the biggest gingerbread house in a time limit, and it's all just them being a bit silly and trying to screw each other over while doing craft projects. Mm. Um, It's just an an enjoyable thing to watch. People occasionally struggling with very designed-for-children tasks, Mm. and it can be quite fun to watch. Um, 
There's one I was watching today that was really enjoyable, which was them painting along with a Bob Ross video. Ooh. Which I've no like I I know that Bob Ross is a thing that exists who teaches you to paint. And they ended up coming up with some really nice bits of art. They didn't look like his, but they looked they looked enough like they, all the techniques had clearly done something and they made some nice art. Nice. Um there was a bit of the video that made me very it was very sweet. Uh, Danny at one point realised he'd accidentally drawn a trans pride flag and got very happy about it. I was like, oh, yay. Accidental, was... accidental allyship. Yeah. Well, it was to do with, like, having to do, like, pink in the middle and blue blue above and below for, like, some of the sunset or something. And he was just like, he recognised the trans flag that he had drawn and got happy about it. And that yay. made me happy. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, ten, ten minute power hour. It's just silly, light-hearted fun. Oh, I'll see you watched. Uh, what else have I watched? Well, I watched... <clears throat> I fucking lost it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's in here somewhere. It is in here somewhere. I watched um, Z Bashu uh, on YouTube, a video called Goblins That Stole a Deck of Many Things. Oh. And it is a D&D story about uh, three goblins who steal a deck of many things <laughs> and attempt to escape Waterdeep with it. Um, yeah, so at one point one of the goblins dies, so the pl- a player takes over one of the watch, trying to track them down. Oh. They used Roll20 with, like, basically a fog of war. Oh, that's and, interesting. And sort of moving, um, like, NPC tokens around. Yeah. And it's this whole story about the, the, the goblins trying to escape with a deck of many things, and for anyone wondering, yes, cards get pulled. Hooray! I mean, how could you not have a how deck of many you, things story you, you cards getting pulled? You can't not use a deck of many things. Yeah, apparently they just start pulling cards out at one point, which is oh, dangerous. Yeah! Potentially world-ending. Yes! <laughs> Uh, now, what else? Have you got any others? The only other thing I've watched, and I do this periodically anyway, because I just like this as a time capsule for stuff, I rewatch some old E3 press conferences, Ooh. because I occasionally do this. I it, It's the same reason that, like, I think I talked about it on this show a while back I went and listened to old gaming podcasts. Mm-hmm. I just like looking back in time at how... Very big moments in video games were presented ahead of them happening versus how they're perceived with years of hindsight. Right. So yeah, I just went and found some random, like, particularly big E3 moments and watched them to see how they were handled. Like the Xbox One S. Yes, yes. Uh, what, what I did, one of the ones I did rewatch was the Sony press conference after the um, the Xbox One first got announced. Or it might not have been a, a, a E3 conference, but it was the Sony conference where they did the "Here's that how you share games." Battle. Here's how you share games on PS4, and it's just someone handing someone a disc, <laughs> and that fucking mic drop they did. I was like, "That that was a hell of a move." <laughs> um, yeah, have you watched anything else? No, that is all that I have watched. Well then, time for this. We've got a new sponsor! Another one! Another one! They just beat down our door, I assure T- Tell me about our new sponsor, because I know nothing about what's going on here. You know nothing? Well... I know nothing! Tell me about the sponsor. This week's sponsor is SharkInfested.com. <gasps> Tell me about SharkInfested.com. Have you ever, at like four o'clock in the morning, got the munchies really, really, really badly and just thought, I want something, but I don't want to prepare it myself? If only someone could come with come to my house 
house that I didn't have to talk to. I could just order everything over the internet. I don't have to worry about the thing. But also there's voice commands if you're having trouble with a keyboard. Do you want custard delivered to you with dippy bits? Yes. Things I can dip in custard. Yes. You get custard in various sizes. And dippy bits, they could be biscuits, they could be cakey bits, they could be chocolate is, bars. Is there various types of custard? Could I get, like, chocolate custard? You can get chocolate custard, you can get strawberry custard, you can get vanilla custard, you can get, like, that really, really cheap bird's custard, like, the Ooh. really, like, just noxiously yellow stuff. <laughs> you can get a really fancy creme anglaise. Creme <laughs> anglaise. Yeah, you can get all sorts of custard. That is sharkinfested.com. <laughs> Uh, so if you head over there now and you click on the big microphone button and type in the code QNPS52, you can get 4% off your first order. Your first order of custard from Shark Infested. Mm-hmm. Shark Infested. Custard. custard. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. How's it going? Oh, it's it's going it's going well. It's going Thanks. well, but um, I do have some unfortunate news for you. Oh, is the flogger broken? No, no, the flogger's working fine. Oh, um, good, yeah. So we've had to cancel our uh, newest big license title. Okay, well, what's uh, what's that, that's money, right? That's that's you know, that's money. Yeah. Well, see, here's the problem. It it should be money, like making making a big budget game about a big budget, you know, movie franchise yeah. that everyone's into should be a license to print money. But but here's the problem. Right. There weren't enough ways to exploit players for money. Oh. There's there's certain restrictions that that licensing company have got on you know what you can and can't do with their property, and you know. Apparently taking their beloved characters and making them literally hold up signs that say, these characters will be dead forever if you don't give us money, young children. It's apparently unethical. What? I mean, that's just just ridiculous. Is that you courts and things again? Exactly, exactly. See, we would have had none of this trouble if we'd gone with that uh, that franchise about the the young kids that do magic. Uh, they did. Yeah. They had a mobile game a little while back. Um. Apparently, we had to pay to stop choking the kids. Yeah, that exactly. The kid I was getting, that. The opening minutes, you're, there's a kid getting strangled. and you I didn't pay hands. a penny, but I sat there and I, I watched that kid getting choked But, you know, those days. those distressed children, they would pay anything to keep their, char- their self-insert character from dying. Right. Apparently, the brand we had, a lot less okay with that, which is a real problem for us. Yeah, I mean, how the money. Don't they understand they, the money? The, how do they expect us to make a profit? Selling a lot of copies of a thing with a known brand on it? Oh, what, what a engaging gameplay? Oh, no. Can't be doing with none of that. I mean, could we not, like, have problematic DLC or something? Could we no, not throw... apparently they're, 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 they, they got a lot of backlash last time they had problematic DLC. So now they're getting really strict on how their brand is used. Well, I say we, good luck to them. Yeah. How about this? We will, for what they've done to us, for what we've done, we will start writing a load of games. We'll get them all really hype. We'll have, uh, we'll, we'll flog some of the dev- developers to get shit going. And we'll, some nice concept art. We'll get some good concept art going. We'll, maybe we'll have like a, f- a fan community day. They can generate a lot of that for us. And we'll get everyone really hype about it. And then we'll just cancel it. And we'll cancel it and cancel it and cancel it. We'll just cancel all of the games so that everyone's like, well, the, that franchise, they're just, they're, they're just shit. No, no, you know, they, they never make any good games. Friend, you're a fucking genius. I know. 
So, <gasps> what have you placed into your ears? What has vibrated into your brain? I've not put many things in my brain this week. Um, I went and uh, I re-listened to a bunch of Steven Universe songs that I haven't listened to in a while because. Mm-hmm. Now that that's like the series is for now wrapped up, and I was like, I I am just getting a craving for old bits of that show. I went back and listened to um, like Comet. Um, full disclosure, I think it's called mm-hmm. uh, the one where Connie's phone's ringing through the whole of it. <laughs> yep, um, stronger than you. Here comes a thought. Um, be wherever you are, or whoever you are. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I was going through just being like, this show has so much really good music that I, I forget until I go listen to it how much stellar music there is in it. Yeah, I mean, it's not often that I will binge through a whole album, like rather yeah. than just picking tracks here and there. But I own like that Volume 1 Steven Universe album, and I will regularly listen to yeah. the whole lot. There's, there's rarely a song on that that I don't enjoy. And even then, it's just a case of, hey, I can nostalgia that episode somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so yeah there's, there's lots of good music on I, there. It, it reminded me, my favourite song from Steven Universe, that it's a crime, it's as short as it is, is Amethyst. Uh, I think it's called Tower of My Mistakes. That that one little song she sings just before the whole Pearl's been misleading about fusing thing. Maybe you're better off with her. That one. Absolutely love that track, and it's it's a Real shame it's like 30 seconds long. Yeah, that's what I've listened to. What about you? Uh, I've listened to the most recent two episodes of Dice Funk. Oh yeah, you're up to date on that. I'm finally up to date. I I was momentarily distracted for a week, but I'm caught up now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm really enjoying where you all are going with that. Yeah, this season's been interesting. Like We had our bit of mid-season inter-party angst and we worked through it and we were all like the whole through that middle section of the season I was just like don't have someone like fall out with the party let's just keep the party together <laughs> keep the party together but this this current arc we're on the whole um, yeah, break into the cult place has been really fun yeah and it's it's fascinating to listen to like the, I, I do like the way sort of Austin draws from life and yeah. sort of popular media and stuff and makes interesting bits so always interested to see where he's going with these things I, I've been having a lot of fun being able to pull from my history of evangelical Christianness yes. in order to know how best to convince a, fault, a cult that no 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 I I am I am a true believer I will I will show you praise. Yeah, I, I can fake a good praise. I can fake a good praise. <laughs> um, what else you got? The only other thing I've done is I've started re-listening to Welcome to Night Vale from the start. Uh-huh. Because I've done this many, many times. I've started listening to the show and I never stick with it for whatever reason. Mm. I've started listening from the beginning. And once Ooh. again, the beginning of that show is still very solid. And I hope I will get to a point where I'm hearing things that are new. Rather than just refreshing myself on lore that I already know. But maybe this will be the time. I hope so. It'd be very nice if it was. At some point I would like to try that again. It's one of the few things I know I can't listen to on like double speed to try and rush through. Yeah. Um, because you have to really yeah. appreciate the voice. Maybe we could we could put it on before bed some evenings. Yeah. That that might be a nice like settle down into bed program. 
for the most part, very calming. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What else have you listened to? Well, we listened to something together. We listened to uh, Eric Satie, Jim Napode, number one. I oh. hope I pronounced that correctly. Yes, that's that one that last week I mentioned a track that I was like, oh, it's got a bit of classical piano behind yeah. it. Behind the, and it was that. That it was, was the that. track. That was the track. Yeah. Mm. It's a it's a very nice that's good. track. You were saying it's a, it's quite contemporary for a classical piece. Uh, yeah, I think it's like 18... 1880s or something. Yeah, it's it's like under 200 years old. Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing people were saying, some, somebody was mentioning about the how, the how it was basically classical ambient music. Yeah. Um, and it does really have a sort of ambient vibe to it. Yeah, it it makes sense why it was ending up in that ambient yeah. mix that I was listening to. Why the devil we not? Yeah, is that everything? You got any, you... You got any others? No, that's me, done. Uh, we listened to a track, uh, What If God Smoked Cannabis? Because uh, we remember that from the 90s. Suddenly I'm 15 again. <laughs> uh, I thought I was so edgy. I think we all did do it. I think Being like, ha ha, ha, it's a song and it mentions drugs and it also mentions God and I'm pretending to be with my church friends but I'm all, I'm actually where, where people are being naughty. Oh no. Oh no, you're doing big naughty notes. Doing a big naughty note. Mm. I, I was a rebel child. Rebel, rebel. <laughs> um, I listened to uh, the Dream Theatre album uh, Metropolis Part 2. Ooh. I've not listened to Dream Theatre in a while. I've never listened to Dream Theatre before. Because ah. the person that I knew that was in, really into it when I was first moving out of home was, um, she was a pianist. Okay. She, her life was basically piano. Yeah. So she would practice for three hours a day, and uh. apart from her job. And if we ever went anywhere that had a piano, she would play something epic yes. and long. When we, we went to Reading Festival together in 98, yeah. and she... Ended up, we we went into this amazing music shop they had with some really quite stunning electric pianos, mm. like nicely weighted keys, yeah, and like a, a a full keyboard length. It was it was an incredible piece of technology. And she sat down and played Toccata and Fugue from start to finish from memory. Well, <laughs> basically, she was everything about her was piano, 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 and the only thing she ever said about Dream Theater was their keyboardist is really good. <laughs> so I'd assumed it was going to be sort of classically something, but there's a lot more to it. There is, there is a good arrangement of instruments in there and vocals. I quite like the the sound of their vocalist. I've not had a chance to look up the lyrics yet, so I can't tell you much about that aspect of things. But overall, I quite enjoyed my experience with that track. What? Yeah. Um, my history with Dream Theatre is slightly different. I learned about that band mainly because about the same time that I was getting diagnosed with Asperger's Syndrome, um, someone sent me the track Solitary Shell, which is part of... I forget what the album's called. It's uh, Six Degrees of Separation or something like that. And it's a bunch of different lengthy tracks about different mental health conditions. And this is clearly intended to be the Autism Spectrum song. And... It hit at the right moment where, like, it wasn't one to one with what I was experiencing, but it was like, oh, I've, I've just had a diagnosis dropped on me and then got kicked out uh, off of the mental health service because I turned eighteen, and I have no coping tools for this new knowledge I have. I will look at this Dream Theater song and feel less alone. Hmm. So that's my history with Dream Theater. 
Uh, to your point you were making about about the lyrics, I, I only knew their music because I got very attached to some of the lyrics to some specific songs, so I can say that they, they have well-written lyrics in the sense that 16, 18-year-old me that was looking for a thing to latch onto latched onto the words from it, so mm. at least one of their tracks has some words that I thought were good. But yeah, tell, tell us about this this album. Uh, it's it's nice. It's I can't really tell you a lot about it. I don't really do the musical reviews. Uh, but yeah, it's got some nice guitars. It has in fact got some nice piano in it. Um, and and I do like that vocalist sounds. It's the first bit of Dream Theater I've really encountered. Yeah. So uh, you can you can blame that unidentified caller for that one. <laughs> That's um, yeah. She mentioned it on Twitter the other day. And she was like, "This is trans culture." I was like, "All right, I'll give it a whirl." I. A lot of trans people I know were into Dream Theater. That's that's an observation I had not made before. Mm. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I I will at some point send you a couple of Dream Theater tracks that I think you oh, might okay. get on all right with. I would be with. interested to, to, to try more of that. Yeah. You listen to anything mm. else this week? That is it. <gasps> so, time for this. Have you got a long night of work ahead of you? Oh, I'm so tired. Yeah, but yeah, what do we do? Do you need an extra pick-me-up to stay awake all night? I, I, I do. I'm absolutely exhausted. Forget about coffee. Forget about energy drinks. Try existential dread. What if we don't make it to the end of the year? I mean, the president's absolutely just... I mean, they're, they're just dangerous. And the, the deforestation... I mean, oh, oh, just we might not be able to breathe by the end of the next year. And people are thinking about having children. I mean, what's that all about? Oh, oh you're right. Oh, that really helps. The, I'm wide awake now. The terrors of the world all around us... Just the realities of the world will keep you up at night guaranteed whether you want to be awake or not. Try Existential Dread. Thanks, Existential Dread. Now I can finish the Jones account. Everything is prepared. I've set out the summoning circle. I have the sacrifices prepared. Time to summon myself a demon. Demon, come forth! Yes, I require a demon right now. Um, uh, well, uh, I'll, uh, I mean, there's probably another demon. I can see if maybe if there's another demon about well, that, that do you? I've placed a summoning circle. I do not care what demon. I just require a demon at this moment. I mean, right now. Um. Oh. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm coming into the circle, but. Thank you for visiting me as summon demon. Are you ready to do my dark evil bidding? Um, I, I mean, I, me, what, uh, what, what sort of evil are you thinking of? I, I'm sorry. Uh, you seem to be struggling a little. Are you a tad shy? I have anxiety problems. Oh, you should have mentioned. My apologies. I, 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 I would never have forced you to come out and spend time out of the demon circle. Had I known, uh, you're more than welcome to go back. I respect your personal boundaries and your requirement for personal space and time. Thank you very much. Um, if you know any demons who are less shy, let me know, but otherwise I'll stop bothering you. Um, I'll send a message to Grab Thor if you like. Um, he's got a hammer. 
Happy Bobby, lovely. Thank you. Dispel the circle. Question time. Stop questions. What's the questions? Uh, Kel Gooder would like to know which character class, be it from D&D or any other RPG, would you date? Oh. I don't know if I've got an answer for this. What, what, what Have you got an answer? Um, you're, you're kind of a bard, aren't you? I guess. Yeah. You do things with your words. I, yeah, I, 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 I like bards because there's a lot of ways bard can be interpreted. It might, like... Being like you, being a funny person with words, could be interpreted as a bard if you if that was comedy bard. Yeah. You could be a com- a comedy word bard, and you can be a writey word bard. Yeah, exactly. Bard is just like creative type. Yeah, and I like I like creatives. Yeah. I don't really do the violence, so yeah, you know, and and if I happen to be a guitar-y, uh, musical you type bard, also music is good in life. Yeah. Having magic would be cool. There, I can certainly see times magic would be useful, but like, oh, yeah. I'll stick with my bard. Yeah. 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 Bard life. It's a bard not life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucy Nevins would like to know, what is the strangest song you've ever enjoyed? Strangest song I've ever enjoyed? Hmm. Mm. Have you got one for this? This is a... Yeah, I, I, w- I think I would have to really seriously sit down and think about it. The one that springs instantly to mind is Neil Innes, Urban Spaceman. And it's a song mm. about the fact that he'd heard the the term urban spaces quite a lot. Yeah. And it's like, well, if there are urban spaces, there must be urban spacemen. <laughs> and the the video for it is, is, is particularly bizarre because it's clearly old, really old blue screen. It's somebody in yeah. like a... a, like a jacket and, 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 and waistcoat with a top hat, but they've got no face. Huh. Wearing, the, like, the gloves, they're sort of driving around and going through life. They go home and get up in the morning. They shave at one point. It's quite bizarre. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's like I'm the urban spaceman baby. I've got style. Um, what? Huh. <laughs> what does that even mean? And then at the end, it's like, um... What is it? I'm the urban spaceman, maybe, and here's the twist. I don't exist. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's... Yeah, that probably counts as the strangest uh, track. The the only thing that's coming to mind for me that I like, and is probably a bit of a weird track, and it's uh, a band called the Tra- Travelling Wilburys, oh. which was a super group that involved, like, Bob Dylan was part of it, and it had, I think, like, one of the Beatles was involved in it. Like, it's... Fucking a bunch of, like, really good, talented people came together and made, like, two albums and then never worked together again. Okay. And uh, there's one track of theirs called Cybri, I think it's called, which involves a lot of the music is not actual instruments. It's playing things around the studio, like um, drumming on a fridge, for example, like the contents of a fridge, for example. Okay. It's, it's just a very interestingly put together track with a lot of sounds you don't normally hear. Okay. Um yeah, that's that's the best uh answer I've got for that, I think. Um Okay, yeah, yeah. So I've just double checked. The 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 Travelling Wilburys was Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Jeff Lynn, Roy Orbison and Tom Petty. Good gravy. It's a fucking super group there. Yeah. yeah if you if you've never checked them out, like there are some the the their albums are very 
all over the place. Like, every track is a different genre that, like, usually aligns to one of the artists more than the others. But mm. it's it's a very interesting collection of music. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, Gabor Sipolevsky would like to know, uh, noted ultramasculine bread scientist, douche V, uh, claims that female butts are a conspiracy to turn straight cis men gay. Can you provo- pro- provide a better butt-related conspiracy theory? Uh, okay, uh, that, that that one we've just heard is a, is a new one to me. Um, okay. My, my butt-based conspiracy theory... Mm-hmm. Is that the reason that Solid Snake has his butt completely nerfed in Smash Brothers Ultimate? Is because they're preparing to do a spin-off series just about Snake's butt on its own, and this is Konami's big attempt at a revival. You know, they they can't they can't do Metal Gear Solid games without Kojima. It seems without them being critically panned. But if they make it just about his butt, there's no way anyone could complain. Hmm. So that's my conspiracy theory. It was a deliberate nerfing of the butt in order to foreshadow a forthcoming game. Uh, my theory is that uh, aliens built butts, and that's that's why they're not found in other creatures. Don't at me. Uh, that, so yeah, the aliens were like, hey, butts now, you have butts. Ha, butts are awesome. But also you poop out of them. But aren't they hot? But also you poop out of them. Ha ha, enjoy the confusion. Okay, I want to touch it, but mm, sometimes bad thing. <laughs> what other questions have we got? <laughs> Uh, Lucy Evans would like to know you're a badass cyberpunk dystopian main character. What futuristic augmentations do you have? Uh, wings or jetpacks are a thing that would let me fly. I want a thing that'll let me fly. Tentacles. Uh, d- yes. I want yes. tentacles and uh, heat vision. Uh, just cool cyber cyber eyes that I can like watch TV in in my eye or like I don't know. If I've lost something in my house, I can turn on, like, the x-ray vision and, like, only the thing I'm looking for will show up, like, in, in yeah. bright yellow. So I'm like, ah, that's there. Yeah, I, w- I would like heat vision, uh, motion detection, echolocation. I'd like just, like, a serotonin button on my arm where I could be like... Ooh, one, please. One, one serotonin, please. Um, I'd like to have, like, a, a block where I basically press a thing and for the next 24 hours I just... Don't look at social media, and I'm completely unaware that it exists. Yeah, um, a thing where I can like set a timer, and I will have good restful sleep from X time to X time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it is it bad that the more I think about it, other than flight, most of the ones I'm here about, like my brain's kind of messed up. I can't remember <laughs> where stuff is, and I don't have enough happy juice. Fix more these happy things. juice and findy thing, please. Yeah, findy thing, more happy juice. <laughs> let me sleep. <laughs> Ah, what's more cyberpunk than getting all of the augmentations <coughs> in the world offered to you and going, I want the ones that will fix my mental health, please. <laughs> please, that's a, just a state of the world, isn't you? Uh, Saldera. Uh, not strictly queer and pleasant strangers material, but why is Jim Sterling's laugh so infectious? Because he is a good, good boy and a he's, maximum cutie. He's a very, very, very good boy. Uh, that, that's the answer. He's a very good boy. And I would. Yes, and I would. We, we both would. Uh, Matthew Hudson would like to know what remake slash remaster would you prefer to see from Capcom next Dino Crisis or Resident Evil 3 I'm going to say Resident Evil 3 mainly because 
Most of the Resident Evils from 4 onwards are very replayable if you go back to them now. Mm. 3 is the last one that I think shows its age. And I'd be more than happy if they remade up to 3 and then stopped. Because that's where I'm like, okay, you've taken the three most difficult to revisit games and made them more playable. Yeah. That's that's enough for me. Um, hmm. I like, well, yeah, Resident Evil 3 is actually my favourite Resident Evil. Yeah. I haven't played it recently, but I remember it being the one I played most of. And I've played, I think I've played through it. It was the first one I went, I finished this game and immediately went and started again. Yeah. Um, you you would play the hell out of a Resi 3 remake. Yeah, I think so. As long <laughs> as they did it well. Because I've uh, heard that people are like somewhat disappointed with some aspects of... The Resi 2 make? Overwhelmingly, everyone I've seen has been really positive about it. Like, yeah. there, there are some nitpicky complaints that you can make. Like, switching from fixed camera angles to a full 3D camera removes a couple of the jump scares of, like, when you would move from one screen to another and suddenly mm. zombie is there. Um, but it makes up for it by making it just infinitely more playable because it's mm. no longer terrible tank controls and... It just kind of shifts the horror less from, ooh, a jump scare, I turned around a corner and a thing that I couldn't have seen was there. Yeah. But it puts it more on, I have limited resources and these things are relentless and how am I going to get out of mm. here? But I think, um, I can't remember if it was later Resident Evils or the later Silent Hills, there was an option of turning off tank controls. You uh, can have 3D control. And. I believe this is the first time you've been able to play Resi 2 without tank controls, yeah. so... Yeah. I mean, so like, certainly, I, I like the fixed camera perspective. Maybe it's because of just the the kinds of films I've watched, and it it's that sense of being watched with a fixed camera perspective. I, I like it in theory. I don't enjoy it in practice from, like... I, I don't enjoy that it makes the game harder to play, like... I want the challenge in my game to be because the the game was designed to have challenge, yeah, yeah, yeah. not because I found it tough to play with how they presented it. Well, yeah, I know, but I think I think it should at these days be possible to make a fixed camera game with a much more functional control scheme. I, I think so, but I also like having played a bit, of, like started playing some of that Resi Two remake, um, which I probably should mention and played, but I've not played enough of it yet. Um, it controls very well and it still has the spirit of Resi 2, so like, I, if that team remade Resi 3, I feel like you would at least be like, oh yeah, this is this is sort of what I did, yeah, yeah, this is mm. good. The only other real sort of big argument I've heard against it was the fact that the scenarios are a bit weird. Like, something to do with, I, I mean, I, I was never a big fan of 2 anyway, um, yeah. I played it through once. Only once, so I've only I've only seen like scenario A of Leon, I think. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, there's some weirdness with how scenario A, scenario B works, because they don't quite fit together anymore. I I've not played enough to know on that one, but mm. Re Re Resident Kotaku UK's resident person for Resident Evil has been very happy with the RE2 remake, so I've generally been like, ah, it seems like they did a pretty good job. I would also like to see Dino Crisis, although I've only played Dino Crisis 2. I did enjoy that. I've enjoyed Dino Crisis when I've played it, but I, I, Resi 3 remake would be mm. nice. Also, people like Code Veronica, and that's one of the other sort of not oh, great yeah. to play ones. Yeah. Maybe Code Veronica X would be I'm, an interesting I'm, one I'm if very, they ever chose to do I'm that. I'm very happy with them just remaking everything before 4. <laughs> Zero? 
Zero was alright. I don't really remember Zero. Yeah. I remember sort of vaguely liking it, but not being very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got any others? That's it for me. Oh no, it's questions. Yes, yeah, it? questions. Yeah, <laughs> it confused me there. Jay. I was I was distracted by the fact that we'd sort of moved vaguely back into video game talk. Uh, Arachnovolts, uh, who who gave us the video earlier? Um, have you ever, either of you, tried to learn a new language? And if so, how did it go? Uh, I tried to learn French, and the <laughs> only thing that stuck in my head is "Je ne comprends pas le français." Tu parles anglais, s'il te plaît. That's all that stuck in my head. Uh, we've been we've been trying to learn BSL together. We've learned BSL. Well, some BSL. Together. We can we can do basic things like I can yeah. I can finger spell stuff. Yeah. Um, I can I, finger I, stuff. I know that Glasgow is G and then a punch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like BSL. I think if I ever stick with a language, BSL is going to be it. Definitely and. There's less arguments about pronunciation. Yes, because I did years of. Um, like middle school, high school French, and just the I I never none of it ever really stuck in very well. Yes, I um, think because as a child I didn't really have enough of interest. Yeah. And the one time they took us to France, the French people that I spoke to were really mean about my pronunciation. And yeah, it really put me off. I've recently sort of discovered about how it is that there there is this whole cultural thing of being very proud of the language. Yeah. And they're like that to each other as well. Yes. But it really throws you off when you're a teenager trying your best and oops. They just angrily sort of speak to you in English. Yeah. <laughs> I um, was trying to learn a thing. They told me to immerse I, myself. I, I'm very sorry. I think the thing that helps as well is that BSL is one that I can see myself using more to, more in my day to day. Yeah. Because like BSL is a language used in the country I'm living in, which makes it much easier for me to find reasons to use it or places where it might be helpful. I'm already partially deaf. We never know if I'm going to go fully deaf. Exactly. <laughs> it's also really useful for loud nights out to be able to yeah. signal things. Hi, you okay? Yeah. That doesn't work on an audio medium, but... <laughs> Trust us, we did the BSL for that. <laughs> uh, another question. What are your thoughts on Nia uh, from Supergirl? She's an openly trans woman played by... Uh, who's who's played uh, Nicole Maines? Who's also a trans woman in real life? I uh, I've not watched any Supergirl. Uh, I was going to say, is this the the Supergirl, uh, the trans character in Supergirl that's just been introduced? Yes. Aha! Uh, I've not seen anything to do with them, but I think it's fantastic that they actually cast a trans person. So yes, we'll, more we'll of that. Wait. Especially since we've just had a notification this morning, there's going to be another uh, trans movie with a uh, man yeah, playing a trans woman. I, I never watched beyond episode one of Supergirl, but this is the thing that makes me go. Maybe I will watch it because I want to see how this is done. Because I'm, I want to support the fact they they cast a trans person because mm. they never do, and it's so nice. I got so excited to hear that it had happened. I didn't watch it because it's DC, but 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 <laughs> now I'm like, huh, maybe. Yeah, I maybe. mean, if it's as good as Black Lightning, I might Black Lightning has convinced us that maybe DC's TV shows are worth watching. <laughs> Uh, Becky Two here would like to know what scares you. Not big existential things, stupid stuff like beetles. Uh, well, uh, Mr. Blobby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maggots. Yeah. Um, I have an irrational fear that maggots will become sort of intelligent enough to realise that the easiest way to get more dead flesh, which is what they enjoy, would be to kill it. So they would just go into a uh, corpse, eat out all the insides, and then pilot the skin suit around murdering people so that they can spread it, all being controlled by brain maggots that live in the head bit of the body that they're piloting around. I realise it's a bit much. Uh, 
I'm scared of Mr. Blobby mostly because I grew up and had a cassette tape of Mr. Blobby sings <laughs> hits of the 90s or whatever. Oh, and man. yeah, it, it started to warp and the end of that cassette was just like, Mr. Blobby, Mr. Blobby. <laughs> it, it became this nightmarish warped thing that terrified me. Blobby, Blobby, Blobby. Uh, Ollie Hood, what is your favourite biscuit? Hobnob? Hobnob. Hobnob is the new de facto one because it was always the best biscuit, but now it's like the vegan biscuit and the best biscuit. Uh, uh, Oreos are also good. I yeah. do enjoy an Oreo. Jammy Dodgers aren't vegan anymore. Fuck Jammy Dodgers. Mm-hmm. In which case, uh, there is a question here from Jane Eris Magnet who'd like to know how those Oreos taste though. Oh, we. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, let me find. I do have an email. I can tell you who sent me these. I've been sent uh, two packages of Oreos. Um, I've been sent uh, two boxes of Oreos by uh, someone called Justin, and they are Chinese Oreos. We have wasabi Oreos. And hot wing Oreos. I'm going to try them on air. I've not tried these. I've not been pre-prepped. I don't know what to expect from these. I am mildly concerned. I can't have them because they've got milk in. Uh, okay, so I've opened the box and there's like two small packets. Two half packets of, of wasabi Oreos Yeah, there. and presumably the same will be true. I'm, I'm opening these all up now because I'm trying to I'm trying to have to put off having to actually eat them. They've got green packaging. I initially thought from the outside packet that they were mint. I thought one was mint and one was like sweet chilli. Yeah, but They're... it turns out it's mint and, and chicken wing. Yeah. Um, wasabi and chicken wing. That's how it smells. Okay, that smells. Uh, mm. It's it's like dark chocolate, but also sort of spicy, meaty. That's a flavor. I can't eat one, but you know that's that's this is the the hot hot. It wing smells ones. like chocolate and bovril. It's. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna give it a small bite. I've Suck got an empty insane. glass there, <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Hmm. How do Oreo be though? It's not bad. It's. It's very savoury. Okay. It tastes kind of like a barbecue Pringle. Hmm. Like, the flavours just don't go together. The chocolate does not mesh with the... the but It's a very strong barbecue flavour. So it's a... Hang on. It's a standard Oreo biscuit, but only the cream is different. Yes. Okay. That's a standard Oreo biscuit with... It just tastes like a spreading of barbecue sauce in between. It's like, neither of these is a bad taste... They're just... These tastes weren't designed to go together. Is it because you're supposed to sort of twist them in half, then lick the middle bit off, and then dip them, dip them in barbecue Even if you, sauce or something? It, it's just... <laughs> yeah, that those, those two flavours just don't go together properly. Okay. No. Well, there we go. Uh, so, I've, that's the thing I've tried. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, I've had one of those now. <laughs> Let's let's try wasabi. one of the other ones. Wasabi. So I've been told the wasabi of the two flavors is apparently the one that works better. It it sort of is a more it makes more sense as a flavor combo. Do you mind if I have a bit of your squish just to like please have some squish freshen my mouth out so that I, I'm not cross contaminating the flavors. Ah, I should have had a, a, a champagne sorbet ready for you. Okay, I think that's the best I'm going to do for clearing that flavor out before I test the next one. That's very flavour neutral. 
Yeah, I there's, can't even smell the chocolate on that one. Yeah, there's very little smell to these at all, to these wasabi yeah. ones. Wasabi, you know, so don't let me smell me, I go blame. I lick your bum bum now. Yeah, that doesn't really smell of anything. There's, there's some flavour, clearly. I'm barely getting chocolate off of that. She's not looking impressed. I don't like wasabi. It tastes like wasabi in an Oreo. Again, chocolate and wasabi. It's just weird. An Oreo is meant to be... I think maybe the problem is just an Oreo is meant to be very sweet. And my brain is getting very confused. Oh, bless. It's like, this is Oreo biscuit, but but savoury thing. Okay, well, there is a thing we have tried. Of the two, which do you think was better? Of the two that you didn't um, like? The wasabi was more palatable. <laughs> um, it was less... The the contrast between the, the sweet biscuit and the flavouring was less... Um, bold. Here's the thing. I'm not a big wasabi person anyway, which I think is part of my problem. I can see how those flavours at least work together. Mm. I imagine if you like wasabi, you could probably enjoy that one. The barbecue, the, the wing barbecue flavour, my brain just wasn't equipped for that. Mm. I might have a little bit more if you, if you Please, squish. Thank. Because, ah, that's a thing I consumed. Mm. <laughs> Do we have any other questions? Yes, we do. Sand uh, would like to know. Uh, top five games of all time. Mm-hmm. To the Moon. Okay. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's three. I'm not sure where to go from there. You you throw some games out. Uh, Day of the Tentacle. Yeah. Basing Stoke. Ah. Um, oh, tough call. Tough calls off that. Yeah, I, that's um, I got to three, and I'm like, oh, I'm hard, I'm hard pressed at this point. Monkey Island Two: The Chuck's Revenge. Yeah. Oh, uh, Portal Two. Ooh. Yeah, Portal Ooh. Two. Portal Two has to make it on that list. Yeah. Yeah, I think of the two, it would have to be that one. Because maybe Dead Cells. <sighs> I, I don't know what my fifth is. Mm, um, Dead Cells before the pad. Oh, I think it's got to be a Pokemon one, actually. It's got to be... Ooh! Katamari, uh, Katamari Darmacy Reroll. Ah, yes. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, Beyond Good and Evil, of course. Beyond Good and Evil's the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bab Plush Friend would like to know, what is your favourite beverage? Uh... I've always been a big fan of Dr. Pepper. I really like Dr. Mm. Pepper. I find it a bit sweet, but I do really like it in short bursts. Yeah. Um, like, cher- I, I don't want a bottle of Dr. Pepper, but like a can of Dr. Pepper, I will really enjoy a nice chilled what about can a of Dr. Pepper. Ch- really, really cold glass bottle of Dr. Pepper. Ooh, that, that's, that's <laughs> a good one. Um, mm, good question. Uh, problematic fave, uh, Cherry Pepsi Max. Is that a problematic thing? Yeah, Pepsi not good company. Ah, uh, well, yeah, Jerry Pepsi Max is good. Um, I really like root beer. I really like root yeah, beer. Yeah, root, root beer was a thing you introduced me to <laughs> and I really enjoy. It's really good. Yeah. But it's not very popular over here and very few of them are vegan for some reason. Yeah, I really enjoy a nice, um, like, blueberry sort of... Um, Actually, I very rarely have this, but it's and and again problematic fave company, but Jelly Belly. 
the jelly bean people. Yeah, I know. Do a their blue raspberry jelly bean flavored fizzy drink, and I it's a very rare thing, but oh, that's nice. Mm, grape soda. I like grape soda. Yeah. Um. Oh, what's that? Uh, the Rubicon one. Um. Pomegranate? Yeah, yeah, the sort of reddish one. Yeah, yeah, yeah pomegranate. Yeah. Uh, anything good. blue raspberry is good. I like a good blue <laughs> raspberry. You know what I haven't had in years? Oh. I'm probably not a vegan, but I would love to try again. A slash puppy. Yeah, a slash yeah. puppy in ages. I, I, I have no idea if they're vegan, but I, I could certainly go for a blue raspberry hmm. slash puppy. I think they do them in the Excel Center. I saw them in Robert Dyer's as well. Like You can buy like a... a a slashy machine, a slash proper slash puppy well, machine. When we go to to MCM next, McCum. I will check whether they're vegan, and if so, we will we will get some. Yay! And Yay. then we'll put vodka in them. <laughs> uh, Maggie J Evans would like to know uh, what would your move sets be in Smash Brothers uh, if you were characters? Unique sets, not your me figures. Uh, most of my moves would be curl up and cry because there's too much violence happening around me and I'm scared of getting hit. So a lot of them would just be like, please don't hurt me. Oh, my bundle. I will do protect. That'd be a lot of my moves. I I am not built for fighting. It's okay. I will do a protect. I will defend against with you. I will defend you using my poi. My my special move, uh, my, my final smash will be that I'll write a very scathing review of the other fighters so that they feel very bad about themselves and leave. Say mean things about their butt. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, you know all about the butts. I know all about the butts. Yeah, I guess I'd spin poi and and do poi stuff and poi poi related things, which could be quite interesting. Uh, Lewis von Pierce would like to know, what's your favourite comedy show and or comedian? I think mine's got to be Bo Burnham. I really enjoy his combination of like song-based comedy, but then also every, he can get very real. I like how we combine those two. Um, I don't know. I've not really. I stopped sort of. I suppose my favourite comedian's probably Bethany Black. Yeah, that was going to be my other choice. Was I was going to say Bethany Black's very good. Uh, comedy show. I can't really think of one. I used to like lots of comedy. But every time I've gone back to them in the last couple of years, I've gone, yeah. oh, this is awful. Oh, this is awful as well. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say Bo Burnham Make Happy is probably my favourite like start-to-finish comedy show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Scared would like to know what's uh, made you want to start making the podcast. The thing that started it for me was, it's not the name of the show that we started with, but I had a thing where I was like, this is a really good name. I will make a show with this name. And then the name wasn't free, so Jen came up with a different name. Um, for me, it was, I wanted to do, to do a podcast with you. And, yeah. and I was like, hey, let's do a thing. I want to, I wanted an excuse to make things. I wanted to make something with you. And I was like, we will do this. And we came up with the format. Yeah. And I, we refined it over a few yeah. episodes. Because those first couple of episodes, it's not quite the same format no. it is now. I, I had a name I liked for a show and a person I wanted to make a show with. And the format was like, ah, oh, we'll work it out. I just, uh, I will make a thing with you. Well, we, I mean, it was always there. It was, we were going to talk about things that we'd watched, played, and listened to. Yeah. And then we were going to tell bra jokes. But then we ran yeah. out of bra jokes about 10 yeah. episodes in. We... 
I'm impressed we got ten episodes out of the bra jokes. I mean, it might not even be that many, but I, I do remember I... that at some point we switched from bra jokes to questions. Yeah. But I suppose before that, we wouldn't have had any questions. Cause well, that's no it. We, we, that's the thing. You don't go episode one of a new show asking for questions, because no one We're knows what the show is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um... Uh, fancy Wookiee would like to... Oh, no, sorry. There's another one from Mum's Gid. Uh, who has the best butt, Laura? Uh, I think you have the best she butt. She is the butt queen. May I have permission to say why I think you have the best butt? Uh, yeah, you can tell them. Jane's heart is shaped like a butt, and I think that's amazing. My heart is shaped like a butt. Your butt's shaped like a heart. I don't know. There she, we go. She has a heart-shaped booty. Maybe that's and... why I have heart problems. <laughs> it's Jane... shaped like a butt. <laughs> Jane has got a heart-shaped butt, and I think it's amazing. <laughs> They're all going to be looking at it now. Well... They, they they can't see it. You got clothes over it. Depends where they meet me. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, what food or drink do you find? Uh, what food? <laughs> Let's try the twelve weeks remix of that sentence. Fancy Wookie would like to know what food slash drink are you most pretentious about? Um, I don't know. I don't like anything too fancy. Like I don't. My years of being poor has just beaten my palate to death. I is the thing. Years of being poor beat my palate to death, to the point that like I will eat any version of anything. I still have favourites, but I'm not fussy about them. In like, I will have them as a treat. I won't go. No, that is the only good acceptable one, even if it's by far the best version of it. Like yeah, my like... my my favourite ketchup is is Heinz ketchup. I I more than happily like generally just have the Sainsbury's Sainsbury's own round one and whatnot. I'm not like oh I won't won't have that. I have a preference, I guess. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not really fussy about things like things that will nourish me, please. Yeah, I, I I think since becoming vegan, I've got less options. So it's just like I will yeah. take whatever is nice, tasty thing. Um, that I can afford. I crisps were one place where I used to be like, I I wouldn't go for like the the here's a here's thirty p for a multi pack of twenty bags of crisps. I'd be like, I would just rather not have crisps than mm. than have that because like cheap flavorless crisps. It's like it's this flavor. It's like no, bloody well isn't. <laughs> that's that's one where I'm like, uh, no, I'm not even gonna bother. Salt and boredom flavor. <laughs> Uh, Tricky would like to know what's your favourite Deltarune fan fan theory um, I like the theory that Toby Fox just has no intention to re- make the rest of that game and just put it out to confuse the fuck out of everyone <laughs> I don't think it's a real thing but I like the idea of it. I like it in the same way that I liked the theory that um, that Frog Fractions 2 was never going to get developed, and mm. that the game was trying to find Frog Fractions 2 was the game itself. Like, I like the theory of, like, ha! Ha! I I, I did this, and now you, now you have lots of questions and no answers. Ha! Nice. I like that theory. I don't think it's real by any shot, but... I've not played or really dealt with any Deltarune stuff. I... Didn't get on well with Undertale, so mm. I don't. I haven't really engaged with the community. Be- I like the music. Yeah, be- being a bit more serious about Delta Room theories. Um, there's a whole like mild spoilers for Delta Room. Skip ahead like a minute if you don't want to hear anything about how that ends. The bit at the end where the character rips their heart out and throws it in a in a cage. 
I really like the theory that that is them wresting control back from you because the whole theme of the game is about not having control. Mm. And the the theory that the player character has had no control during this adventure because you've been controlling them and them throwing this heart in the cage is them being them being like, nope, I'm having my control back. Mm. I don't want you, you player, controlling me. I like that theory. That sounds like a good theory. Yeah. The uh, game theory. <laughs> Ian Vernon would like to know: Have you ever seen a Transformers bot bots? And if so, uh, what would you be? What's what's a bot bot? Uh, they're basically like. Have you seen Shopkins? Yeah, they're like those, but Transformers. Okay. So it might be like uh, cupcakes that transforms into a tiny robot. They're like about one inch tall. Ooh. And PVC Transformers. Uh... <laughs> what? Just the way you, you slightly move tiny Lego Laura. <laughs> uh, I'd be like a little game cartridge, so maybe like a little. Uh, be like a little switch cartridge, and then you can transform me into a little robot of me. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and then when I need to hide, I can just hide inside the cartridge slot on the switch. Um, no one will find me. Then I will be the switch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll transform into a switch, and who can hide in me? Well, well, you can get get right in there. <laughs> uh, Alma, <laughs> continue, Jane. You gotta you gotta hold it together. Alma would like to know uh, what would your fatalities be if you were Mortal Mortal Combat fighters? Got to be something to do with the butt. I'll, I'll rip the butt off and add it to my collection of butts. I'll have like a big wall. I'll st- stick the stolen butt up on, on a wall. Um, I would get my, f- I would have like flogger point, but they would be uh like hanging like link chains, like um, like chainmail yeah, links, yeah. But like it would be like multiple falls on on flogger point, and I would just f- flay someone with them. Heck, I imagine that would be quite painful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, James Badger would like to know: Have you ever considered changing your uh, art style for the for the for the graphics that we do on the show? I have no problem with doing so in theory, but I very much like the art we have. Uh, well, I mean, I suppose it depends which bit of art you're talking about. Um, there is a weird thing with iTunes. Yeah, so yeah. When we that's... first started the show, they asked us for some random art, so I gave them some random art. And it was like something I knocked together in about five minutes in an emergency because I think we were moving house at the time. Yeah, we wanted to get it sorted before the move. Yeah, because I think the show had already been up a while and we were just getting the the um, the part I, of the RSS feed. People had asked sorted. about um, an iTunes link, so we yeah. got it. It went up the same night with that sort of quickly thrown together bit of art. About a month later, I updated it, and if you look on iTunes, it shows you the updated art. But if you go on some of the aggregator sites, it seems to show you the one I threw together in about five minutes, which is a rainbow swirl with um, Danny the Monkey logo yeah. um, over the top of it. So if they're talking about that, we've already done it. I've already, I've already updated it. Um, if you're talking about the other ones, uh, we went through... I think I made something like 15 different bits of art, and you yeah. sort of yayed or nayed which ones you liked. Yeah, that's the thing is, we've got one that we like, and... I, I know that there are some creators who will sort of refresh their stuff, their art stuff, every now and then, but we found a thing first attempt that we were really happy with, and we're just like, 
Yeah. Yeah, we actually found something fifth attempt. Okay, yeah, fifth, but you, fifth you get what I mean. I, I, I think <laughs> if we came up with another thing, I think, it, I think we've got other to do, ideas. Yeah, but, yeah, I think we'd prefer something we did ourselves because this is, you know, it's our project, it's yeah. our thing. But I, I don't think either of us would be opposed to changing the any of the art. Yeah. If we found an idea we liked. I mean, I've gotten some ideas. It's a case of sitting down with, like, a, a, a proper desk or something and yeah. designing it. Because designing on a trackpad on a laptop, not great. Um, if you ever want to borrow this computer, <laughs> maybe that is an option. I've got a, a graphics tablet somewhere, but I've never really got very into using it. Yeah. It doesn't have, like, all the whizzy things where you can just, like, draw straight on the screen or, like, type back or anything. Mm. Um, when you want to undo stuff, so it's a little bit fiddly in that respect. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a Wacom bamboo. Okay. Um, but I a got Wobbleuba, a Wacom bamboo. It's the one. <laughs> uh, it is in fact too, and also fruity. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got some ideas. I've drawn some like little chibi asses in little. Um, yeah. I keep drawing you in a bunny kigurumi. I'm very okay it looks with very that. Very cute. Um, um and um, me in a rabbit. Uh, me in a. Uh, a, a, mouse, a, a mouse, cat, giggling. <laughs> Animals. We'll work. We'll find uh, one in the end. I will work through my brain and work out the thing to do. It's all in there somewhere. It's all in there I somewhere. probably just have to be too much shitty. Uh, that, that, that is all of the questions. <gasps> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brutal justice. Why? Hello, Larry. All right, Larry. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Hey. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people I know aren't doing all right, though. Do you no. want to have a, have a bit of a bit of a vent? Please do, yeah, yeah. Well, you see, a, a few people I know are being a bit screwed over by the universal credit system. And, oh, uh, you know, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to be totally honest. I don't understand the intricacies in the atmosphere. All I, all I know is I, I recognise a lot of my more vulnerable friends, you know, ultimately being really left, you know, in the shit because of it. You, you wouldn't happen to know a bit more about what's going on with it, would you? Well, I mean, like, there's basically they are making this move from the old uh, sort of credit schemes uh, for... Um, the, the Department of Work and Pensions are basically changing the... Uh, benefit schemes yeah. paid to, you know, whether it be uh, like young parents or whether or they be disabled yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. Basically, they are moving everyone onto this universal credit. Yeah. And essentially, it has made meant that a lot of people are now worse off. Yeah. And that they are losing all sorts of things. I mean, this is on top of all the other DWP issues they're having anyway. Yeah. Capability ben- uh, assessments for, for disabled people and so forth. And it's uh, the, now we've got the fact that they're just uh, they're just lying. Yeah, uh, we've we've had uh, some some tweets recently from that uh, Amber Rudd, who's basically in charge of the whole thing, and she's um they basically got this actor to pretend that he'd been on uh, Universal Credit for for a bit they did, um, and he basically going on about how how it had helped him and had all these other things and um the, so, uh, there's someone on uh, Twitter called uh, at respect is vital Alex Tiffin, and, yeah. and does a lot of sort of campaigning on that sort of thing and and found out that this this person is an actor, yeah, and you know tracked down some of their thing and and the response they got initially was well you know you shouldn't be able you shouldn't go picking up on people's past just because of what they've done in the past they very genuinely were a universal credit person and this and that and the other 
And and uh, then the the DWP put up a, a tweet about how they were saying that uh, it was uh, it was all genuine. You might not th think it's too good to be true, but everything you see in this video is true. And and now they just they've flat out called it. They've proved that they they've spoken to the actor. Yeah. He said no. Oh, never on Universal credit. It was it was simply a part. Yeah, it is the thing. It is the thing. Like a lot of the problem from what I've been hearing is that. By go, going away from, uh, you know, targeted uh, benefits towards this universal credit, a lot of the nuance of people's specific needs has been completely stripped away. And the, the people running the new uh, universal credit just aren't really equipped to make the right assessments for, for, you know, what needs people have. Like They don't care. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, when you previously had, like, say, disability benefits, for example, you had people whose entire job was... And, you know, this isn't to say they weren't making mistakes too, but at least you had people who their whole job was assessing disability benefits. And, and they were medically trained as well. Exactly. And now you've just got, you know, the same people who were like, oh, you are, you fill the category of parent, there's there's some money. Are the same people going, yeah, let's assess how much money you need for your very specific use case. Yeah, and then you're getting people who are almost entirely paralysed. Uh, you know, people who have so little control of their bodies and so little control of their lives. And they are some some not even able to speak, and they're not even getting full marks yeah. for the for the universal credit like amounts. So what do people have to do? Also, the requirements for what to do to get your payments are, are do not take into account different use cases. Like that was an example I saw of someone who got refused their universal credit because they didn't come in for a meeting in a very specific building. It was a building with no accessibility access. This is a person who's mostly paralysed. Yeah. It was like, can I not just, like, you've come and assessed me in my home in the past. Can you, if you have to, come have a look and see that I'm paralysed still? And they're like, nope, you didn't come to the meeting, no universal credit. There's been allegations of um, them going to, uh, like, forcing people to come to offices very far away from their home when they have anxiety issues about being outside. Um, they That they were deliberately marking off the lifts as unusable and then yeah. making sure the assessment was upstairs for people in wheelchairs. People literally dragging themselves upstairs only to be told, well, you, you dragged yourself up oh, a yeah, flight you, of stairs. Yeah, you made it up the flight of stairs, well, therefore it's not a problem. That was a test. I mean, how how fundamentally evil do you have to be to, to treat people like that? Yeah. Uh, also, on top of all that, some people just aren't getting paid. Oh, it. yeah. yeah. Like, there's the people that just like, got lost in the shuffle of the switchover and just aren't getting paid for at all. Yeah. It's 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 a massive problem that they, they are not treating sp very, very precisely disabled people. A, a friend of mine, actually, uh, today, uh, I saw on Facebook, just before we started having this conversation, in fact, um, they've been awarded universal credit, but um, for some reason, they've been told that they seem... They are, because they're capable of earning... A thousand pounds a month that they're having that taken off, so they're actually now having to subsist on about five pounds seventy four a week because that's all their payments are, are being made out to. This is uh, yes. this is a, a, a something like sixty year old woman who is is basically she's currently incapacitated. Previously would have been incapacity benefit, um, but now the universal credit is saying yeah yeah well. Because you're capable of sort of sitting up and being at home, you could take some kind of work that would allow you to do that. And because of that, we're not going to give you a full amount. Therefore, 
Bye. Here's here's your twenty pound a month to survive on. Oh goodness. And she's not she's genuinely not sure she can survive. Yeah. It's 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 a terrifying world we live in. It's it, just it getting really worse is. every day. It really is. I really hope that something can be done. Yeah. I don't know what that something is, but if people smarter than me uh, have some ideas, I'll certainly help to support that in any yeah. way I can. Right, you have that on? Please, yeah, mate. Yeah. Oh, oh. Always need these things. Definitely, definitely. In a world this dark. It is, it is very dark, yeah. Dark. I mean, it's night time. Yeah, but well, also it's night time. It's emotionally, emotionally dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You know, you know what. Oh, I know, no, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh. Oh. That was a good hug, mate. Yeah. Shall I, uh, shall I pop the kettle on? Yeah, we'll have a cup of tea. Yeah. So. <gasps> Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can find my books on the internet. Things I learned from Mario's butt, which... Uh, as of right now, you can still get on Unbound with the pledge backer rewards. It, I, I, by the time you hear this, I will have finished my first draft of the book and sent it to the publisher, so that's mm-hmm. cool. And uh, Uncomfortable Labels, which is a memoir that is about being LGBT, being queer and trans and on the autism spectrum and how those all intersect. That's coming out uh, mid-July, I believe. You can <laughs> find that at various retailers online. Other than that, I'm on Dice Funk. It's a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. They're all self-contained stories. Season 3 is about escaping a magical barrier town. Season 4 is about overthrowing capitalism. And season 5 is about adventures in space. Adventures so. in space! Yay! What about you? Where are you on the internet, Jane? I'm on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac. I'm on SoundCloud as Jane Eris Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. Uh, I also work on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog, where I do reviews and silly stuff in general. I'm on Badly Designated Heroes, which is also a 5th edition D&D uh, podcast. Uh, you can find them over on YouTube at Curiosity Epidemic. They're on Twitter as Curious Epidemic, because apparently the other one was Dick and the Fiends. Uh yeah, and 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 we are start. We we will have episode two of that up on <gasps> Saturday. So <laughs> go give that a listen because we people seem to be enjoying it so far, and you could be one of those too. I'm also on this, but you know about this because yeah. you're listening to it now. Inception. <gasps> so Laura, sing us out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs>